coffee and your Bible Good morning, and it's good to be with you this wonderful morning. So we have all our grandbabies are here, but Lissy's the only one that woke up this morning. So she's coming here to be with us bright and early. Let's sing Days of Elijah. <laughs>
Hallelujah. Oh, Papa showed it. It's hard to play guitar right now, especially sitting in the seat. I was already seen that song. I know. I ain't even had coffee this morning. I, I overslept this morning. I ain't even had water, nothing this morning. I overslept. It's all you Bible study people. Kept me up too late last night. <laughs> uh -huh. Y'all better all be on here this morning. Too. Yeah, I hope y'all are on here. Let's see. D, you on here? Yep, D's there. Is she? I think so. Yep. Morning. Yeah, we had a... How many kids do we have last night? 21. Hallelujah. We have Bible study in our home on Thursday nights. And one of the reasons we had so many kids is because our oldest, Kayla, you guys don't see her much on daybreak. I don't guess you've ever seen her on daybreak. Have they ever seen her? But anyway, she, her and Elijah, our son, their uh, son-in-law, this is their anniversary. Many of y'all said happy anniversary to them. And uh, they run doffed. So we've got all the grandbabies, but most of them are asleep. But praise the Lord. I got a an update this morning. Uh, let me read it to you from Brother Bill. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to find it. Here we go. Good morning, Pastor Scott. Bill is doing well. His... Blood pressure was a little low throughout the night, but now that he's awake, it's good. Our goal is to keep him up and taking those breaths. We're not where we where he should be for his breathing, but definitely improving in all areas. His heart is strong and doing everything that it's supposed to be. I'll update you after the doctors make their rounds. And Bill has kept his eyes open for the last hour consistently. Thank you, Joshua. If you need extra cups, there's some so, praise the Lord for that. That's good. Thank you for your prayers for Brother Bill. If anybody happens to be on here, you know, some guys just watch Fridays. But, uh, so, Brother Bill Cole, he's one of the preachers, actually, of Church Without Walls. And he uh, had open heart surgery and been trying to heal up from that open heart surgery. So, uh, his name is William Cole, Bill Cole. Appreciate you lifting him to the Lord, as well as everybody else we lift to the Lord. But we pray a little more for those who are in critical at the moment. Well, on this Friday, as we, yesterday, I think, you know, we had a good Bible study yesterday. And uh, we're in Revelation chapter 5. And one of the main thrusts is we were, we were talking about this scroll that is sealed with seven seals let me jump over here i did download a picture it's pretty cool there's a lot of pictures you could look so let me show you this picture here the interesting thing about this scroll in the text is that it is written within and without which is kind of different it's kind of strange because scrolls are only written on the inside you don't write on both inside and outside and it was sealed with seven seals. And that give you a, uh, an idea of wax seals uh, that uh, the scroll is sealed by. That being said, when we got in Revelation chapter 5, when we were talking about verse 7, 
It says, and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Now, I shared a little bit with you yesterday, and this is, I don't know, this is what I just felt nudged to share with you today. I don't know why, but uh, I want to just kind of follow, follow my gut and at least talk about this because this does come up ever so often. It comes up where people say, well, how can you be a futurist? I shared with you yesterday that I'm what's called a futurist. That is, I believe that uh, the opening of the seals, trumpets, and the bowls, you know, there's seven seals, there's seven trumpets, there's seven bowls that's filled up with the wrath of God. And I believe these things are still at this date in 2022 in our future. The question would then be, and it's a legitimate question, a very a very good question to ask is how could you how can we possibly be a futurist uh still in 2022 when the book was written in 95 AD and that is a very good question and another thing another reason you could ask this question is in Revelation chapter 1 when we were reading this in verse 3 it says blessed is he that reads right and they that hear the words of this prophecy, so we're reading a prophecy. Blessed is he that hears, that reads it and hears it, and keeps those things which are written therein. Why? For the time is at hand. The time is at hand. This is going to happen soon, which I believe. And it's going to happen soon. Then, when the very end of the book, we go all the way to the end of the book, chapter 22, chapter 22 it says it again in chapter 22 verse 7 Jesus is speaking Yeshua is speaking here and he says behold I come quickly blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of this book and then we we jump uh, to verse 12 behold I come quickly my reward is with me to give to every man according to his work shall be. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. There it is again. Uh, then let's jump all the way to verse 20. I'm in Revelation 22:20. 20. He that testified these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Or, Amen, I'm saying to you, I am coming soon. Even so, then John says, even so, come Lord Jesus. So, so there's a legitimate question to say, how is it? See, these scriptures have caused, there, there's a view out there, maybe some of you watching, and uh, maybe some, some of you watching today, you're preterist. There, it's called preterism, and preterism holds that the book of Revelation is all in the past already. And so what? Uh, you mean that Jesus has already returned? Yes. They seen the return. They see the return is right after 70 AD and the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, they see that Jesus' return was very that was spiritual. Uh, that it wasn't a literal return. That it was a spiritual return. Uh, and I can't really explain that view because I, I, I was, uh, one of my pastors was, he called himself a partial preterist. So when I was, when I first started preaching, the pastor I was under was a partial preterist. 
and he would explain that view, but I, I have a hard time explaining that view because it doesn't really make as much sense to me. It seems, it seems too inconsistent with Scripture for me. But those who say that, of course, is going to argue for a, a early date for the writing. Uh, they, they don't accept the, the normal dating of the writing of the book of Revelation of being 95 A.D. or in the 90s A.D., but if you say, well, I don't believe that Jesus already turned. I don't believe that the book of Revelation has all already happened. But how can I hold this in my mind that the Lord is coming soon? And yet I still believe it's in the future. Or that is. It's so. So here, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. We are in the book of Revelation, and there is every kind of belief you can think. I mean, there there's those who believe the first four seals have been opened, and we're waiting for five. There's those that believe uh, five have been opened, we're waiting for six. Uh, every, you know. But I told you yesterday that I'm a futurist, and so I'm holding that these things are coming in the future. And... and I'm going to just share with you how it makes sense to me. Now, it may not make sense to you the way it makes sense to me. But here's how it happens in my mind. So, the first thing that I have to remember is that God's way of keeping time and my way of keeping time is totally different. And I can give you scripture on this. If you will turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, starting with verse 7, the apostle Peter is preaching and he says, The heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. So he's telling the disciples, you need to understand this. What do we need to understand, Brother Simon? That one day is with the Lord is a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. Now notice how he swapped that. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And vice versa. And a thousand years is as one day. And Simon's not giving us a timekeeping clock on prophecy, but he is saying you need to understand this follower of the Lord, that the Lord is coming, he's going to bring judgment, and he's going to come quickly, but you've got to understand that day, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Next verse, nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He's not slack. As some men count slackness, but, now listen to this key, is long-suffering. Long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Then verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, now, this kind of ties in with me. The coming, like a thief in the night, 
destructions coming at the same time. Okay. With a great noise, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burnt up, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And so Peter's like, knowing that it's coming, the day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. That's like when Jesus said, if, if he comes in the first watch or the second watch or the fourth watch, he needs to keep, uh, he needs to find us alert and waiting and watching. Okay. So this Greek word that we read in the book of Revelation, uh, I didn't, I didn't dot, uh, jot down how to say it. Yeah, I did. Taku, taku, quickly, soon. This Greek word, when you look it up, it means shortly, without delay, soon, suddenly, quickly. And that without delay, you could even, uh, some commentators add, without unnecessary delay. So let me, let me put it into perspective like this. Let's try to imagine, using Peter's understanding, today is Friday. This is Fear Not Friday. And let's say that the Lord is coming back. He's leaving on Friday, and he's coming back Monday, just as a ray of reference. You've got this weekend to get the word to the uttermost parts of the earth, okay? Get about the Lord's business. The Lord's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And so, preach the word, okay? So a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. When we think of it, a person says, yeah, of course, yeah, people have been saying the Lord's returning for, they said that 2,000 years ago. Well, guess what? We entered into what's called the last days. Everybody, this is one thing that every commentator agrees on. We entered the last days, the days of Pentecost. This shall come to pass in the last days. The proof text that Joel, the prophecy of Joel began there and it's going to continue until it's summed up, it's sealed up, and things are, all, the, all the prophecies come to be. So we entered the last days then. We're still in the last days. And people say, well, yeah, y'all keep saying it's the last days. He says he's coming soon. Well, here's the reality. He is coming soon. But in God's way of looking at it, today's Friday, he's coming Monday. That's soon. I, and and that's, saying, that's saying if he came, you know, Monday, 2,000 years, you know, it's just a couple of days. Like for us, Jesus was crucified 2,000 years ago. In God's way of looking, Jesus was crucified the day before yesterday. Does that make sense? It's just a couple of days ago. So God's time and our time is different the way we see time. And the way he holds time is different. And so he's not slack concerning his promise, but he's not willing that any perish. He's long-suffering. So then this is how then I hold and hold the book of Revelation as a futurist. And we'll turn you to another place. Acts chapter 1. I, I kind of spouted out part of this yesterday, but I want you to see it. Acts chapter 1. Verse 6, the disciples asked Jesus, they said, when they, were come, when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, 
Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Okay, they know he's the Messiah, right? They know that he's the promised one. Now he has disproven, he has proven, he has power over death, hell, and the grave. They saw him crucified, whipped, beat, spit on, beard plucked out, put in the tomb, and now they spent 40 days eating with him, talking with him. He's been teaching them the kingdom of God. He's alive in a body that's got holes in it. It's got a slit in the side, but blood is not what is giving life to this body now. It is the spirit. Okay, the life, the blood has been spilled, and now, you know, that's why he could say to Thomas, Thomas, come put your finger in here. Okay, put your hand in my side and believe, Thomas. Okay, so they know who he is, and they understand that the Messiah, the son of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah that we talked about yesterday, the, the, the son of David, then Elohim, is going to be the ruler of Israel, okay? So now that he's alive and they're talking with him, they're like, okay, are you going to restore the kingdom? Is now the time that the kingdom is going to be restored to Israel and you're going to take up your throne and rule from Jerusalem over the earth? Jesus answered, verse 7, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Okay? That's coming. He didn't say it's not coming. Okay? That's what the book of Revelation's about. The, the bringing everything together so he comes to rule and reign in all the nations. But before that happens, something else needs to happen. And this time period can be however long it needs to be because God is long-suffering. What needs to happen? Verse 8. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now listen to this. And you shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. This started in Jerusalem. All Judea and Samaria. But look at this. And unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So witnesses means literally martyrs. They're going to take this. He says, look, the kingdom's going to be restored. I mean, he did not deny they understood prophecy rightly. Yes, it's going to happen. But he said, it's not for you to know the time or the seasons. That's for the Father to know. Here's what you need to worry about. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive power. When you receive this power, this power is going to enable you to crucify your flesh Okay, witnesses, literally, the Greek means martyrs, where we get the word martyr. You shall be my martyrs. You could translate this. You shall be my martyrs around the world. And in his prayer for them, he didn't just pray for them in John chapter 17, but he also prayed for all that would believe through their word. And so the gospel is going to go out into all the earth into every tribe, every tongue, every nation. We talked a little of this yesterday. But remember what the elder said? You have redeemed us out of, so the representative of people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Has every tribe on earth heard the gospel and had a chance to receive or reject it? There's still tribes that need to hear, right? So the gospel is still going forth. When's it going to happen? It's going to happen soon 
but God is long-suffering. In, uh, well, I won't turn there, but in Acts chapter 15, there is uh, the, what we call the first council that the apostles have as the gospel is branching out now into all the nations and Greeks and pagans, you know, idol worshipers are turning to Jesus. They're turning to Yeshua. They're believing in the Jewish Messiah. And they're having a council to determine what do we need to tell these guys that they need to observe or not observe. And in that, maybe I will turn over there. Just read Acts chapter 15. Brother James says something that I think is very important. And it goes into how I, how I can hold Revelation as a futurist. So, No, it's not the book of James. This is Acts 15. James, starting with 13, James answered and said, Men and brethren, listen to me. Hearken unto me. Listen. Simon had declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. The weird thing. You know, today people are like, can Jews get saved? Of course they can. The early question was, can Gentiles get saved? Yes, of course. Anyway, whosoever will, praise the Lord. Look, God first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. That, that is to say, God is going to, God is, they realize now, God is going to take to him a people. In his name, the Gentiles will trust out of every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And then he says, verse 15, and to this agree the words of the prophets. The prophets prophesied of this. You know, that the, the, the light has come and the Gentiles will look to him as well. And there's prophecies that says, you know, Gentile people will take hold of a Jew and say, take me to your God, right? It says, but verse 16, after this, I will return. After this, I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will build up the ruins thereof and set it up. Hallelujah. So, that is to say how I make sense of this when I'm reading the book of Revelation. And, and, and I know there's been some that, that watch this that ask me specifically this question. So it's like this in my mind. Jesus has overcome the Lamb of God. The blood has been spilled. He, he has now been victorious and can take the book and he can break the seals. And sometimes I even see him, this is just my opinion, sometimes I see him, he's got the book, but he's waiting to begin breaking the seals. You say, waiting for what? Well, between, huh? Waiting on the world to change. Good, yeah. The, uh, he's wait. remember all the churches to, uh, all the letters to the churches. So in my mind, the letters to the churches, see, are God's long-suffering. This gospel is going to go out, and as I've already shared with you, all of those letters are always for the churches. Amen. He's going to take out a people for his name, and when the fullness of time has come, and only God knows that. So it's almost as if, it's like, this could begin at any moment, and it could begin, and they saw it. Also, this can begin at any moment. It is evident. If you study the apostles, they would be like, they're serving the Lord like it's going to happen in their day. 
And then when they get older, they like, okay, it's not going to happen in my day. You know, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. <laughs> now, you know, I'm going to put off this tabernacle. And now Paul knows, okay, but it's going to go. It's going to go. And it's going to go through the generations until the time when the Father says it's time. And then when the seals begin to be broken. Anyway, that's my opinion. This is how I hold to a futurist view of Revelation, even though it was written in 95 AD. And I believe spiritually it can apply to everybody and every time because there's always Antichrist. There are many Antichrists. There is much persecution against the church. Uh, but what we will read about as we get into chapter 6 is the, un the opening of the final time. And before we get to chapter 6, we uh, I want to have one day where we talk about these seven years as well and where that comes from in the final seven years. <sighs> a day is with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. It, to Jesus, to God, Jesus just crucified a couple of days ago. Okay? And so we we hold on to time as children of God like God does. So what, what do we need to do? We need to be about His business. We need to find lost sheep. We need to get the gospel. We need to be sure that everybody is hearing the gospel. That's what our job is. Our job isn't to determine when these things are going to happen or when the Lord's going to return. Our job is to be sure that we're doing whatever our part is and getting the gospel to as many people as we can, supporting those who are getting the gospel to as many people as we can. Amen? I hope that made sense. I don't know if I botched that or not. But praise the Lord. I love you guys. Let me know what you think. I love to read what you think. I love I love the comments that you guys put in. I really, really do. Thank you for being here on this Fear Not Friday. Daybreak is a ministry, a church without walls. And if you uh, ever wanted to go to CWOW or if you wanted to support CWOW, you can just go to our website. Uh, I mean, we are somewhere in the realm of our operating cost for Church Without Walls are somewhere around 2%. Uh, that means 97 to 98% of everything that CWOW brings in is able to go out and it supports pastors, evangelists, orphans, getting the gospel around the world. This is the desire of CWOW is Church Without Walls is to do what we can to support the gospel going out everywhere. We want to do our part. If you want to join with us, we would love it. Join with us. Go to CWOWTN.com. And thank you for praying for us. Thank you for being here with us. And thank you for your prayers for Brother Bill. And I love you guys. Lord willing, we'll see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. And bring this thing to an end that we might be with you forever. In Jesus' name. See you soon. Bye.